This is Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor, your host on Diversity Bites, the program for everybody who understands the challenges inherent in creating a more diverse workforce. Join us as we explore the strategies and mindsets needed to transcend statistics, increase belonging, and unlock higher performance. Hello, this is Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor, and welcome back to Diversity Bites. I'm the creator of the Everybody Thrives program, which is for companies looking to unlock the full power of all their people. In the last few episodes, we've been talking about one of my favorite topics, which is the brain and perception and how often quite automatically and out of our control, our brains can process and perceive things that may not be exactly the same as reality or may not be the same perception that equally reasonable and well-intended and um, smart or you know um, normal people would process things. And this can have a real fundamental impact on how we navigate uh, work and our relationship at work, relationships at work with other coworkers. And also if you're a manager, it can have a huge impact on how you manage your people and how you perceive people on your team, some who may be very much like you, um, which means it may be easier for you to perceive uh, them more clearly and those of who are uh, a lot different than you and that may be more challenging to you so there's more room for a disconnect or an error to naturally occur there. And one common theme I've shared in the previous episodes is even if you know that this is going on, it doesn't automatically Um, sort of change the way you process things. It doesn't make your brain operate differently just because you have the knowledge that there may be something going on that you're not perceiving things clearly. And I gave um, a couple tips or or ways of of things that you might um, do to approach that and get um, a better result or a better reading, but those were based more on other people giving you input. It wasn't actually you changing anything about your own processing or your perception of reality. Well, today I'm here to tell you I lied. There is actually something you can do to change the perception. However, caveat, it doesn't happen typically in the moment. This is more something that happens ahead of time and it can help um, inform the way you interact with people and perceive people later on. So it's a more general change. It's not like a specific change that like, oh, now I'm going to see Jeremy differently or you know, now um, Jessica is going to seem like a totally different person to me. It's not like a switch that you do that way, but um, it's more uh, a general kind of perception or set point in terms of your perception. I'm going to start with a story um, about one of my experiences with this. Now, uh, full disclosure, uh, my dad's a, a Protestant pastor. We were raised Christian. My wife's Christian. We're raising our son Christian. Um, And I don't think this had anything to do with it, my religious background, but what happened was uh, on one of my last business trips before I left um, one of the companies I was at, we were in Paris. And uh, with one of my coworkers uh, who had lived around Paris or in Paris for many years, you know, took us around sort of different destinations and locales, you know, the final night before we flew back to the States. And one place which I was really fortunate um, to see was Notre Dame, the cathedral. I'd never been there before, and this was before they had that um, horrible fire there. Uh, And I walked into the cathedral, and we're not Catholic even, so it had nothing to do with that. And 
I had just never been in such an impressive building in terms of like the height of the ceilings, the, the, the lighting, you know, at dusk through the stained glass windows. There was just something very like transcendent about it. And, and the feeling, the emotion that overwhelmed me in that moment was awe. Just this sense of feeling so small, right? Whether you believe in God or a God or, you know, spirituality or not, um, I believe that certain situations, right, and, and often they're in nature and sometimes they can be man-made, just fill you with awe and you just feel um, maybe not small in a way that, you know, you should or shouldn't, but in comparison to how you normally feel, it's like a reset and you're like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm just this tiny ant on this tiny planet spinning in the middle of this enormous universe, kind of like Michael Singer um, talks about in The Untethered Soul, one of my um, favorite uh, books to read periodically, um, to really give you that perspective. And what they found in psychology experiments is that this experience of awe, and it doesn't have to be something like, you know, going to another country and, you know, a huge building and a cathedral. It could be something so simple as the awe you might experience in nature can fundamentally change the way people perceive and connect with others. So there was an experiment, it was done by um, Keltner in Berkeley, and it was in a eucalyptus grove. And so they had set up a modest experience of awe for the subjects, just looking at soaring trees, right, to, to see if that would make them more likely to come to the help of others. And then, you know, as they always do in psychology experiments, they had a confederate, right, come after those people. Some of them looked at trees for, you know, one minute. And then the confederate comes by, stumbles, and they scatter pens on the ground. And, and the test was, you know, um, how much more likely would the people who experienced the awe moment be to help and connect with that person rather than say, oh, they dropped some pens, too bad, and just watch them pick it up by themselves. And, and what they saw is, you know, the, the people who were uh, looking at the trees, that modest experience of awe, were more likely to come to the aid of the confederate. So it fundamentally shifted something, and I'm not sure how long that shift would have lasted, but it fundamentally shifted something um, in a statistically significant way in, in the way those people saw others and their relationship with others. And, and another interesting study by um, Keltner as well, they asked people to draw pictures of themselves before and after looking at awe-inspiring pictures of nature, right? Nature is like the easiest free kind of version of, of the awe experience, right? And what they noticed was the after awe pictures, the person took up considerably less space on the page, right? So maybe, you know, the first you draw a huge portrait and an eight and a half, 11 or a four piece of paper, your, your head is like taking up three quarters of the paper. And then after the awe inspiring picture, you know, it was a much smaller kind of portion of them on the page. So what we can see here is, is an interesting sort of way, um, awe, which doesn't cost anything, um, you know, it's freely available in nature um, as long as we're open to it. It's sort of an antidote for egotism. And by egotism, I don't mean egotism thinking like you're so great, you're the best. I mean egotism in thinking that your way of seeing things is the only way that, that others... Uh, meaningfully don't exist, right? It, it's more 
um, resetting sort of the balance in terms of where you fit in this sort of grand picture of, of life and, and how things fit together, where if you stop and take a step back from the topic of diversity, inclusion, and equity, that's really what we're trying to get to, right? We're trying to get to a more natural state where we don't have systems judging and putting people into boxes, right? Where we can truly see without those categories and barriers how we all fit together in this wonderful sort of way and we're not judging people based on these arbitrary kind of systems that society or our parents or religion or anything else or, or you know, will create for us which doesn't truly reflect um, our place and, and the way things fit together uh, in this world. And I truly believe and, and I, I feel like a lot of people who are passionate about this work truly believe that that's how we get the most out of people. Uh, that's how organizations perform the best. That's how we create the best teams because we're truly seeing people as they are, which allows them to give the best of themselves, which allows the best performance. But that doesn't happen when we have a very egotistical view of just the way I see things is the only way I see things. It's right. The way I manage is the only thing. If, if you disagree with that or you have a different opinion, well, you must be wrong because I'm more experienced and I have the title uh, and I'm the manager. So that's sort of, you know, um, not the antidote, but that's like the poison for diversity uh, and inclusion. Someone who has that attitude and, and awe can kind of be an antidote for that because it really... Um, kind of cuts us down to size, I would say to a reasonable size, maybe the size that we should have been um, all along. And an interesting thing is there's a lot of things going on where um, scientifically they're looking at the experience of awe, you know, triggered in psychedelics, right? Either mushrooms or, you know, certain um, chemicals that they have and seeing how um, that is actually being starting to be used in limited circumstances actually to um, treat people because of that awe experience and, and how that can affect people who have other things that are, um, you know, sort of troubling them or, or difficult to treat with standard therapy. So I'm not a doctor. I'm not telling you to do anything. It's just very interesting to me how that concept of, of awe is actually working itself in, in, into treatments um, medically as well. You know, that traditionally has existed already um, in a lot of traditional sort of ancient healing ceremonies and traditions so it's not something new that has just been created but from a, a western science medicine perspective it is something that's gaining um, some traction maybe someday um, we'll have an all pill i'm not sure that that would necessarily be a good thing um, i would reckon that it's probably better to get it from nature um, but that's not really the main topic of this conversation but just an interesting sort of uh, aside well, thanks so much for joining us um, for Diversity uh, Bites. My name is Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor. If you're a social person, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, please join the conversation by leaving a short message at connectioncounselor.com slash podcast. That's connectioncounselor.com slash podcast. And I'll leave a link, as always, in the show notes. Remember, when it comes to higher performance, Diversity Bites, belonging delights.